You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to dive into a topic that I got a lot of questions on in the most recent question box that I did on my Instagram, which is why do I have low progesterone? And I definitely feel like I have talked about this quite a bit from question boxes that I have got in the past. So any previous episode I have done, I'll make sure to link it or maybe it wasn't in podcasts, but I feel like I am talking about it constantly, at least in clinical consults, which I a hundred percent am because a lot of people do have low progesterone. That's not always the case. There are some times where I see progesterone be totally fine and estrogen below that is, that definitely can be the case. But I would say majority of cases that I see are people who have low progesterone. So low progesterone can create symptoms such as spotting during ovulation or spotting before your period or extreme PMS before your period, moodiness before your period. It can create just in itself more estrogen dominant type symptoms because if you're not making progesterone or if you're not making enough progesterone, you therefore are estrogen dominant. And those symptoms can include water retention, weight gain, um, heavy bleeding or clots, when you are having your period and progesterone is incredibly important. It is essential for fertility because we progesterone is really what is growing the baby throughout the pregnancy. Estrogen is very important for fertility too. With all things hormones, it is always important to have a Goldilocks. We don't want too much. We don't want too little. We want just the right amount. That is a hundred percent the case with all of our hormones. We don't want too much or too little of any of them because we don't want too much progesterone either. We don't need it through the roof. We want to just be having enough and progesterone is produced by our ovaries after we ovulate. Our adrenals will produce a little bit of progesterone as well, especially into menopause. So that's why so much of adrenal health is crucial for healthy progesterone. And we'll talk about that because there's something that some people will refer to as um, the cortisone steel or cortisol or progesterone steel. And that's essentially cortisol competes for progesterone for very similar nutrients. I don't particularly like that terminology, but it's helpful to help people kind of understand the context of it. Like if cortisol is really high, if cortisol is dysregulated, if your adrenals are out of balance, that's going to directly impact progesterone. And cortisol can be dysregulated for a variety of reasons. It doesn't just have to be mental and emotional stress. It could be the fact that your gut is incredibly inflamed, or you have parasites, or you're eating a diet that's inflammatory to you, or you're overtraining, or you're just simply not eating enough or not eating enough of the right things, all of that can impact your cortisol. So I think a lot of people, we think of cortisol, we think, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm running from a tiger. I'm stressed, stressed, stressed. That doesn't, that doesn't honestly have to be the case. Um, a lot of times that's not the case. Um, not to say that it's not ever a part of the case, cause it definitely can be, but I do see cortisol high when we know that people are inflamed and we know that blood sugar is dysregulated and we know that they have parasites or they have 
intestinal permeability or leaky gut, all of those things are going to increase cortisol. So when people ask, what can I do to increase progesterone? It's not a simple answer. It's not a simple, oh, just take this pill and you're good. That's, that's not the world. That's not, that's not how I see functional medicine, functional medicine and functional root cause approach is, is complex. And that's not fun because it's, it's not fun in the sense of it. There's no such thing as a quick fix. It's not, Hey, can you tell me what I should do to fix my progesterone? Yeah. Fix your cortisol. Why is my cortisol high? I don't know. Just listen to all the reasons that I just listed off. Um, I know that that makes it very confusing sometimes as a listener or, someone who's dealing with low progesterone to be like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, this is hopefully a good step to make you aware of these things, because there are certain things that we can do to naturally boost progesterone, which I'm definitely going to share. But if we're not doing the right things to get to the root cause of balancing cortisol, making sure our adrenals are supported, making sure estrogen is being detoxified properly so that we don't have a credible abundance of that, making sure we are having regular bowel movements and we're, you know, just natural, I call it daily detox practices. We're sweating, we're moving, we're having regular bowel movements. Those are all things that really keep estrogen in control. They're also great because they do help to take toxic burden off the body, which will lower stress. Lowering toxins is very important because that is another stressor that we tend to see. So there are definitely a lot of things in your control that you can do. Um, And like I mentioned, in pretty much all of the preconception cases that I'm seeing and all of the people who are struggling with fertility issues, progesterone is, is is really the vital nutrient and not, not nutrient, the vital hormone. Um, like I mentioned, estrogen is very important too, because we don't want it too much or too little. We want that in a balance, but it is, um, it's just really, really important to, to boost this hormone. So cortisol management, stress management, the mental, the mental, emotional piece of cortisol get to the root of whatever underlying infections could be on going on. This is a huge reason I feel like people, I've had so many people who work through detox protocols or the parasite protocol in my membership. They text me or they message me and they say, oh my gosh, I'm, I got, I got pregnant. And why do we think that that is? Well, they just took a huge toxic load off their body. They probably decreased their cortisol and the fact that they are decreasing inflammation, they're healing their gut. So much of hormones are rooted with liver and gut health. So when you can balance that, the hormones are going to come into balance because hormones are only signal, they're chemical messengers, right? It's not hormones. I love them. It's what I do, but they're not in itself root cause. I will say that again. Hormones in itself are not root cause. There's a reason they're off. And so we have to look deeper. We have to look into the gut. We have to look into the liver. We have to look into adrenals. We have to look into all these things. The hormonal pyramid that I feel like I reference to all the time is incredibly important. At the very top of the pyramid, where I, I, I guess I think of it as an upside down pyramid. So the biggest at the top, cortisol and insulin. Second is thyroid. Third are your sex hormones. But even deeper at the top of the pyramid also would be detox practices, drainage, and gut health. Um, so that is, that is really, really crucial to being able to support hormone. Because if you think about it, these chemical messengers, it, you can't shoot the messenger. It's like, oh, my, I hate my body. It doesn't make enough progesterone. Why doesn't it make enough progesterone? Let's, let's figure that out, right? So those, that is very, very, very important in the context of progesterone. Second, 
what are some things that we can do to naturally produce more progesterone? One, you have to make your body feel safe. So making sure you're on, you're eating lots of nutrient dense foods, plenty of protein, um, sweet potatoes are a really great progesterone boosting food, sweet potatoes, squash, um, yams. They're very warming, which progesterone in itself is very warming. It's very supportive of your metabolism. That's why if you do make enough progesterone, you might feel that you get a little more hungry kind of that week before your period when your progesterone really is at peak at peak. Um, that's why we get super hungry into pregnancy. Progesterone is, is more metabolically active. Um, some, we do want to make sure that we are balancing our blood sugar with that because the more progesterone we do make, it can make us insulin resistant. Hence why we do the gestational diabetes test into pregnancy, because it's really important to make sure that everything is being stable with that. Cause it definitely can make us a little more insulin resistant naturally. So that's where meal balancing will become even more important, but meal balancing is also important to make progesterone because if we are having dysregulated blood sugar, we're having hypoglycemia or we're spiking and then dipping. That's very stressful on the body. It causes a ton of inflammation and that in itself might stress the body to the point where we're not going to make as not a much progesterone. I was just doing some research last night. Circadian rhythm is, is huge with this um, because your hormones and your adrenals, everything is on a circadian rhythm. And so I think about people who they might not have as good of a rhythm as they want, maybe because you're postpartum and you're a new mom and your sleep schedule, just, it is what it is. It's not what you'd like it to be. And that's okay. It's a, it's a period of time, but that, that could be a reason that you're more estrogen dominant or that your periods are a little wonky. If you've gotten it back postpartum, um, I think about people who their shift schedule changes or the people that wake up incredibly early to go work out, but then they also, you know, might work as a server or a bartender or something in the nighttime. And they're kind of burning the candle at both ends. And no wonder they're not making enough progesterone or the people that are oh, intermittent fasting and they're are, cause our digestive system is on a circadian rhythm and they're eating maybe from 12 until nine at night. And we're eating super close to bed. And that's not, that's not advantageous to our circadian rhythm. So there's so many different things you can refer to the circadian rhythm podcast to learn about how you can balance and why you should balance the circadian rhythm, but you will see a drastic improvement with progesterone and just all hormone production when that can come into balance because it makes the body feel safe. The body's on a rhythm. Our body loves rhythms. I've talked about that a million times, and that is a really great way that you can boost progesterone. It's taking stress off the system. Everything kind of comes into into a good, into a good rhythm there. So that's really important. Um, some life, some other lifestyle things. So we talked about obviously circadian rhythm. We talked about a few foods. Um, you could do seed, seed cycling is very common. I don't know if, how I so completely feel about it. I don't think it's the gold standard, but I do feel like it can be super helpful. So they say that, you know, sunflower seeds and safflower or sorry, sunflower not safflower. That's not even a thing. Um, sunflower and sesame seeds can be really helpful for progesterone. That's why you have that when, if people are seed cycling, you do that in the second half of your cycle. So you could do sesame seeds in the sense of like tahini. That's kind of probably the easiest way most people can get it. Um, just make sure that they're like the sunflower seeds or anything that they're not roasted in any vegetable oils. Um, if you do have digestive issues, 
I don't think that those would be the best options because they're a seed and they definitely can be harder to digest. But if you are someone who does seed cycling, you do the flax and pumpkin in the first half, and then you would do the sesame and sunflower in the second half. That can be helpful. Um, I really, I think sweet potatoes are one of the best foods for progesterone boosting. So I would stick to that and squashes and yams and those types of things. But you do have that option too. Um, I know a lot of people, maybe they like to use tahini in their smoothie or um, in like the, if they, you make like the protein bites, um, that that's a good option to be able to add that to. So you have different, different options depending on what your body can tolerate. Acupuncture is amazing for boosting progesterone. I think that definitely comes down to the fact that it's very stress reducing, but they can use specific points to be able to boost progesterone, help with liver detox and all of those different types of things. So acupuncture, I know when I was going to work to get my cycle back after birth control, it was so helpful for me. And now I go probably every month and I try to go around ovulation or after ovulation and she looks at my estrogen progesterone and it's personally very helpful for me. I really enjoy it. And it's very relaxing. If you've ever been to acupuncture, you know that you get up and you almost feel, I call it acupuncture drunk. You're just completely in like a phase. You don't even know what the heck's going on. Like it takes me a second to even just be able to open my eyes, but it is really great. I sleep great. Um, Castor oil packs are great at boosting progesterone. Um, Chase tree is a wonderful herb and I really like it. And I'd say if you're going to try it, you got to give it at least three to four months because it works by supporting the brain ovary connection. So it's not a quick fix, um, but it definitely can help really, especially if you're post birth control and you're really working on fertility, working to kind of boost that brain ovary connection so that you, it's, it helps that chemical signal to produce more estrogen. That's probably one of my go-to herbs for progesterone production. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I've used it on so many cases. And then what, a few months later I get a message. Oh, guess what? I'm pregnant. I'm not saying it's a magic herb. It does help in a lot of different cases, but that's not the only thing that people are doing. I know that there's other things, but with this combo and this recipe of all these different things, getting to the root cause, I have seen profound changes in people's cycles. If their cycles are very irregular and very long, we're able to get it to the point where, you know, it's every 28 to 32 days, maybe 35 if they lean on a longer side of a cycle. Um, But I will say, I always thought I leaned on a a longer cycle and now mine's almost every day, every 30 days. Whereas before I always thought it was going to be I was usually every 35 and I thought that was normal for me. And it was that way for a long time, but you know, it, it, your cycle and your hormones can definitely, definitely change for the better. Uh, as you're on this healing journey, I've done a lot within the past few years to kind of get it to that point. And so it's cool to be able to see it, to change when everything is in balance and you're really supporting everything from the root cause. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else, obviously stress reduction and all those different types of things, but I really just wanted to kind of designate a full podcast on this because it's a little bit longer than like an Instagram post. And it's, there's so much just more information and more context that people can get through an episode like this. So if you're struggling with low progesterone, if you're struggling with fertility, I really hope this helped you. And even if you're not struggling with those things, hopefully these are good reminders so that you can keep your cycle nice and healthy. And 
if you this doesn't relate to you in any facet, but you know that it can help somebody, please share it with them. I'm sure like people need this information. People need to know if they're struggling with fertility issues or missing any regular cycles, that there's a reason for it and not to just go on a pill to mask it and to, to just completely disregard everything. There's always a reason. And that's not to say you can't go on something to help in the short term, like some people choose to go on progesterone or progest it's not progesterone, it's progestin, you know, if they're missing a cycle to get a bleed, I understand that I have quite a few people that do that. And we really work to kind of support their body so that after that, after they get a bleed, we can hopefully continue to get cycles going on birth control, going on synthetic forms of progesterone long-term is not fixing the reason you don't have that you have low progesterone. That is a reminder. Birth control is just a band-aid solution. It is completely, it almost puts you back at square one because it's shutting down all of your hormone production. Um, and I also see this, the case with the Mirena because the Mirena is localized, localized in quotes, progestin. We know that it can be systemic. We know that IUDs are systemic. People get copper toxicity from the copper IUD. I mean, these, these things aren't just affecting your uterus they're they're they can be systemic so i do see those that issue with people coming off the iud as well so whether you're post birth control you're trying to get your cycle you have pcos and you don't make a lot of progesterone you're just estrogen dominant there's so many different reasons that this can information can be applicable to somebody so please share it with them and i hope that you found this helpful thanks so much for listening and i will see you on the next podcast <music>